0: So, isn't this great? Well, hello, everybody. This is listening again with Rob today. Yeah, that's right. Uh, My other cohort uh, decided to uh, call in sick today. I guess um, the hemorrhoids have finally got to him. Told him to take that, uh, good care of that, and unfortunately hasn't. But of course, we were teasing on the last episode that we're going to have another individual join us. And that individual has decided to step out of his dark cave and join us. And his name is Brandon Ragu. He is uh, a good friend of ours, and he's going to become a good friend of yours. Unless you really hate us, then well, that that's just unfortunate. I'll introduce him, Regu. How is it going, my man?
1: Well, hello there. I'm really excited to be on this podcast. Finally, um, I, I wish the other guest was here, but if you know, if he got issues, he got issues.
0: Yeah, you he's taking he, care of that stuff. He's got some serious issues, and uh, I'm glad that I can bring that up. You know, because I, I think people are very concerned about his rear end issues. You know, <laughs> he 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 certainly has it he's going to really hate me when he hears this he's going to absolutely hate my guts so uh i cannot wait to have him back (laughs) just to get a little bit of reaction um but anyway let's talk a little bit about you let's let's dive into a little bit about uh well first of all what is it that you do
1: well according to you rob i live in a dark cave Um,
0: Uh, it certainly seems
1: like it well, you know, it's, it's, it's about the simple life. That's what it's about, it's about simplicity. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, 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 do live in a cave to begin yep. with, um, but I am a, I'm an artist at heart, I guess you could say. I am a theater director is what I do most of my time. So I direct professional plays. Um, I used to do a lot of musicals, kind of stayed away from musicals for a while and I'm a film buff. I love watching film, talking about film, all of that stuff. So Mm I'm more, I feel like with the little duo that you and Andrew have, I, I bring kind of the entertainment and art
0: background to this podcast,
1: which I'm excited to dive more into.
0: Absolutely. And I, that's kind of the big thing. Like, obviously everybody will love watching movies. I don't think. I don't think that's a problem, but it's more of like, hey, you might know some certain aspects to things that maybe we don't catch. Like obviously you can see when somebody is uh improving in the middle of a film. I'm like, oh yeah, that line was not written in the script. That might have been just concocted during the middle of the film. You know, I think uh isn't it like DiCaprio? Doesn't he do a lot of that? Did, well I know he did that with his hand in Django. <laughs> that was he He did not do that planned. with his hand
1: in Django. <laughs> but he is known for um, not necessarily improvising, but rewriting the script. Or he's apparently he's a very demanding character actor, and apparently based off of a couple of interviews, that's why he doesn't get along with Christopher Nolan. So he did one Christopher <laughs> Nolan film, which was uh, Inception. We yeah. all know Inception. Absolutely. And Christopher Nolan's is genius of a director, and Leo's is genius of an actor. And apparently, you know, they didn't say eye to eye because Christopher Nolan, as you know, he writes indirects all his films so he's he's a very much so a control freak over his his what's on the paper um and apparently leonardo dicaprio was very demanding on certain lines and changing certain lines and moments and things like that which apparently made the process a lot harder for nolan so
0: yeah so it, it clearly then it just he's a hard individual to work with that's that's what i'm catching he's he is
1: hard but you know he's 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 good.
0: You know, he's good. They do say that about like, you know, some of the the best is that it it does take a certain level of composure. Like you're not always going to be the nicest person, but sometimes you might just be successful. Like somebody describing Mm -hmm. DiCaprio that has worked with him might say, yeah, he's kind of an asshole, but he does his job better than most. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's, Fair, I guess that's why you'll get hired. It's kind of like athletes, you know, like Kobe Bryant. Certainly not always the nicest guy. Neither was Michael Jordan. But you know what? They got the job done when it needed to be done. So, um, I guess have you like what's what's your experience with like working with difficult individuals? Like what are you? How do you combat that?
1: Well, that's a really good question. Maybe I could speak from it as a as a director, but it, it, it depends. I think my definition of challenging is always evolving. Um, I would say when I was a newer director, my definition of challenging actors were, um, I looked at challenging actors as actors that didn't quite understand or actors that didn't care to understand. But as I became more tenured in my track as a director, I realized you could could work really hard as a director to help an actor understand or to encourage an actor to understand. Um, But nowadays, I consider... Challenging, challenging individuals to work with it, or folks that typically push back a lot when you're in the process. You know, it's different depending on the process you're in. You have a really quick turnaround. You know, you get the you get the script in front of you. You jump into rehearsal for a couple of weeks, and boom, the the show needs to you know hit an audience really quickly. So you have to trust as an actor, you have to trust your director and your creative team to steer you in the right direction. As a director. Uh, you have to earn that trust, um, but if you're walking into a professional production with a really quick turnaround, uh, you kind of expect that that trust is already there. And I've, I've I've worked in a couple productions where I I expected that trust to be there, but um, it was not there. And so it, it's challenging. For example, let's say I have three weeks to put up a production. I have you know like four actors that are really on board, and you have one actor that's like challenging you every single minute of the process it's like dang i don't have time for this you know (laughs) i i uh we we gotta keep moving i hear you i want to help you um i appreciate your insight and wanting to to challenge me and allow me to grow but at the same time we got shit to do (laughs) we gotta we gotta we gotta turn this bad boy around so you know it's 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 challenging, especially in in, an industry post the COVID pandemic. A lot of artists, including myself, want to make sure that their voice is heard and that their opinions are heard um, and, and their thoughts are known by every single person in the room. And sometimes as an artist, it's really difficult to simply just keep it in and keep it, not necessarily keep it in, but keep it channeled. What I mean by that is there's a time and a place for a thought. There's a time and a place for communication and when to mm-hmm. communicate and and communication is key, and there's an arc to communication in this industry. Um, and I think for, for me is is working with actors that have a, a hard sense of channeling their communication and 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 honing in on focus when it's time to focus. So you know it's it's I, I've I've mostly been working as a director post COVID 19 pandemic, but I did a couple productions um, pre 2020, and I feel like since you know something about that pandemic has really co- encouraged folks or um, made folks want to just voice their thoughts all the time, and it, it can be hard, you know, when you have a quick turn. So, yeah, that's my long winded answer.
0: Well, I mean. When, when you say that, I think the big thing is, and it's actually one of the reasons why uh, Andrew and I got jumped into this uh, podcasting game. And by jumped in, I literally mean like people whooped our ass to get us into this. I mean, they beat the crap out of us. It was bad. Um, <laughs> it no, but I mean, the, the, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was literally right outside my door. How they got my address is beyond me. <laughs> uh, but. It was a part of that. It was like, okay, let's let's have some free range conversation. Obviously, we can discuss certain topics, but it was like you just have so much on your mind because that's all you do. That's literally all you have during those times were your thoughts because number one, you're supposed to stay in your house. and unless you had a essential workers a uh, card that everybody got, uh, because I guess everybody's essential mm-hmm. uh, no, but, no, I literally well, had a piece of paper that said I was essential. It was kind of cool for the moment. And then is that realize, really oh, what happened. Oh, Oh, it was worthless, though. At The end of the day, it didn't mean anything. You I still, was, was, people could still be an considered. asshole to you. <laughs> as
1: <laughs> it, as didn't... you can imagine, my my industry was not considered an essential industry. <laughs> so, yeah. no entertainment.
0: It's... And I think that's obviously because I mean, you can go back and you can look at like TV shows that are recorded in front of a studio audience. During that time, it's quiet, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, it's it's not fun. Uh, I remember watching. Uh, some uh, wwe during that time that's right i i like pro wrestling from here and there all right so shut up um Mm. i'm mostly talking to listeners that are gonna be like oh boy yeah (laughs) um but it was weird because it was empty it's just an empty room (laughs) that you're you're broadcasting from and i think the beauty with people getting out there and expressing their thoughts it's like It just wasn't a way for people to vent their anger and really get things out. And then when things started to kind of come back a little bit, I think that feeling never left. I think people just started to gain a little bit of confidence in their voices, maybe a little too much, maybe just a little bit too much, you know, but, yeah, uh,
1: you know, it's, it's a, what what are you going to
0: do though? I mean, honestly, you can try to, you know, like, Hey, let's, let's bring it back down to, to normalcy here, but. There really is no normals. I mean, nothing's normal anymore. I mean, we're in a whole different world.
1: Well, I, I compare it to, you know, in theater, usually the last week before you hit an audience is what you call like tech week or technical rehearsal week. So when you introduce mm-hmm. lights, sound, costumes, you know, all all the visual things that come to life. And this is, as a, for a director, the the most stressful time. In the Musk com- complex time in the rehearsal process, usually yes. in the first couple of weeks, it's you, you know, and your actors in the room. Just a couple of you working together, you know, uh, coming together with the staging and with the 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 beef of the story is now we've got the actors, we got the stage managers, we got eight different designers in the room. You got producers in the room. Everyone's talking to the director and. Mm-hmm. If you're working with a really good team and a team that's done this before, they know when to talk to the director and how to talk to the director. If you've worked with a mixed team, um, which I've worked with before, you have folks that know when to talk to you, but you know, you have folks, where, for me as a director, maybe I'm watching a scene or a scene just ended, my costume designer needs to talk to me, great, I'm talking to my costume designer. Line designer wants to talk. We got to talk about this one thing. And all of a sudden, an actor mm. comes up and says, hey, can we talk a little bit about my scene um, You know, that we did a couple days ago? Something feels weird. I'm like, no, dude, we'll talk about it. I don't have time for it right now. <laughs> Let me talk to my line designer. You're supposed to be on a break right now. Go on break. We'll, we'll pencil in some time in the schedule tomorrow to talk about this and make sure every, everyone feels
0: delicious about this scene. Um, you know, it's just for for me Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Wait a minute. How did you describe that? Delicious. Everybody feels delicious about a scene. Yeah. Alright, that's it. You're fired. You can never <laughs> come back. Yeah, yeah, come <laughs> on. That's a horrible way to describe it. What are you talking about? Delicious. Lunatic. I don't know. No, that is weird. That is All right, everyone whatever failed, you can, use whatever word you want, fails, but... Fulfilled. Everyone yeah, feels there you go. There you go. You can yeah. you can make this at least sound. Cordial, you're making a song yeah. at a buffet.
1: So, so, anyways, to get back to your original question, <laughs> coming full circle here is yeah. my my. I would say recently in the last couple of years, uh, my my challenge is working with folks who who have hard time channeling communication. and just wants everything that's in their brain to be heard and said immediately, so everyone can hear it. Um, but people yeah. don't care. No one cares. You know, See, I, I I care. You know, I care as a director, but I <laughs> I may not care in that moment. You know what I mean? Like in that specific example, I do care about the scene, and I do care about how you feel about it. But I'm talking to the lighting designer right now. I don't care about it at this moment. I will yeah. care about it. I promise I will. Um, so it's you know, I, I as as we shape the industry, and the industry continues to grow. I am seeing a large emphasis on not only education on the craft itself, like acting education and directing education, but education on how to be in a room and how to talk to folks and how to how to funnel communication. It's it's really it's a really important skill
0: that isn't, I don't think, stressed enough in academia. So out of curiosity because again like you said you know somebody is talking to you and and obviously an actor or whatever someone could come up to you and bug you and be like hey you know i want to talk to you about this what's the hierarchy in terms of like the overall mm-hmm. entertainment industry like how does it go like who's got the priority in terms of their what matters to them <laughs> you know what, no, like, and- who's who's like i guess oh, i'm trying to use a real term here i guess uh Whose agenda is going to be addressed like overall First. quicker than the, you know, like who's the top and then who's the bottom? <laughs> it's always,
1: it's always the producer, man. It's always going to be the producer. It's going to be the people who run, run the show and the people that pay for the show. See, uh, I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. Well, I <laughs> think
0: it should be the janitor because he's the one cleaning up your guys' bullshit. <laughs> well
1: <laughs> sometimes ends up being me too so
0: oh man this guy's out here working double duty with no double pay <laughs> so
1: no i mean i think that's it and and you know to go so back pro- so producer typically it's the producer right like if okay. even me as a director if i'm in the room and there's a million people talking to me my producer's yeah. talking to me i zone everyone up boom i'm yeah. talking to my producer.
0: you know See, that's what i was trying to get at was like how do you look at it? I guess in your eyes, specifically. Meaning, like okay, so obviously the producer, if the producer bugs you. That's going to be on your priority number one. He's your number one priority. He or she is your number one priority. Now let's go down the line. Who's number two? Who's number three? In your where does that lie? Oh, oh
1: I, I see what you're saying. Like your your cast, cast and
0: crew. lies. Well, it's you
1: know, it, my cast is always my number one. Right, like my cast. Cause at the end of the day, once the curtain rises and it's opening, it's that. I'm out of the room. Yep, designers out of the room. It's the cast, right? So if they don't feel loved and they don't feel um, valued in the process, they're not going to give two craps when the curtain opens. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's a it's a as a as a younger director, I was, uh, I guess, uh, not necessarily aware of that. But now I've 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 come to to be aware of it, but also finding that balance can be incredibly difficult. You know, I it's 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 not easy to say, here's my as a director, here's my hierarchy of importance in the room. Um, uh, because it always evolves. It's always changing, right? Like if it was yeah. if we're early on in the process, you know, it's week one, I got designers in the room, I got actors in the room, I'm gonna listen to my actors, right? Designers, we got time. We'll talk about it in a production meeting, or we'll talk about it, whatever. Right now, it's me and my cast. It's time for us to work. Mm-hmm. You know, As we start to evolve the tech rehearsals, we inch closer and closer to tech into performances. Yeah, it's a balance of, yes, it's, it's still my attention has to be on my cast, but also, if there's a lighting issue, I have to fix that now, right? If it's our last rehearsal and there's a lighting issue, it's got to get fixed now. If there's a costume issue, it's got to get fixed now. If there's a sound issue, it's got to get fixed now. You know what I mean? So it's it's a it's a it's a balance. But I've also learned if you, as a director, create a set of expectations and a guideline on how you best communicate and how you best work before you get into the craziest week of the process, you're really typically setting yourself up for success there. Um, and that's something that, again, when I was Early on in my career, I just thought everyone thought like me. You know what I mean? Like, I thought everyone worked like me. I thought everyone had the same, um, I don't know, background, training, whatever. That's still not the case. Because when you're in college and when you're in academia, you're so used to that. You know, you're so used to working with people who think the same way because if they've had the same training, they've had very similar backgrounds as you. Once you get academia and you get into the, the actual industry, mm-hmm. you're working with people who co- Different colleges, different backgrounds. No colleges, professionals, non-professionals. You know, it's tenured, non-tenured. There's, there's, everyone's always thinking a little bit differently.
0: And so, to another question, actually, when it comes to auditioning, right? So you're, you're in that phase where you're trying to find so and so to be your so and so. How do you? So I know you go off a performance base, but how much of their previous like experience kind of like a job their resume does that play well, a factor at all like do you instantly say we have to make sure that they're getting an audition because they have this experience where maybe someone that's like oh i'm just trying this out might actually be really good but are they getting the boot because somebody else has a better resume
1: well it's a really good question i uh, it, it always depends on the show and In terms of resume, I I really can't say it makes a huge difference in my eyes as a director. Um, I'll I'll kind of walk through an example scenario. So let's say I have a show opening in a couple months. I'm about to walk into auditions tomorrow. Let's say Mm -hmm. there's 50 people auditioning. I've got three roles to to cast. Um, Typically, the process is I'll be sitting down, and then the actor will come in. They'll hand the resume to the stage manager, stage manager gives me the resume. When I was early on in my career, I would detail read that resume word for word. Now (laughs) I don't really even look at it. Just set it aside like, "Eh, ah, whatever. Here's what I do, I care more more about the character and do you fit the character. So like, and if you do fit the character, I'm going to save your resume. So let's say there's 50 people, you read for this character, you you do a great job. I could potentially see you in this role. I'm going to take that resume out of the random pile. I'm going to put it in my focus pile. I'm gonna I'm going to consider you for this role, and I'm going to spend some time looking at your resume. I'm not going to look at it to to you know, mm-hmm. um, you know to to really scope out what exactly you've done. But I say that because if there's another person or there's two people competing for a role uh, and have both of their resumes in front of me, they both crush the audition. Um, Typically, I'm going to go off of not necessarily tenure, because uh, okay. I, I, I guess I don't really care how much shows you've done, but I, I typically go off of who you've worked with. Um, so if I know you've worked with this producer or this director, and I know this person, and I know that this person is very meticulous in how they cast and really meticulous in how they work, uh, I'm going to trust you. And what I'm actually going to do before I cast you is I'm going to give that director a call. I'm going to give that producer a call and say, "Hey, out of curiosity, how was you know how is John Doe to work with? Um, I'm really considering yeah. them for this cast. Oh, John Doe is great, awesome. Well, let me give him a shot. You cast, you know what I mean? Like, but in it's terms like of like, like, like,
0: like on an application.
1: Is, yeah. Just, like in in, in, a, in a standard you know business industry. So let's say you're going to go work in IT. You know, and and that's another thing. Like I've I've worked in non-theater industries as a manager, and typically I look at resumes as experience. So I'm going to look at how long you've done things, what you've done. Um, But I I can't say I I treat anyone any, I I don't, I don't treat anyone any differently based off the resume in in the theater industry. Because, um, you know, like tenure, I've I've just learned that tenure doesn't mean a lot, but tenure also doesn't mean a lot.
0: (laughs) So, and I've always wondered that because I feel like some, some roles get handed to someone based off of almost like their credits rather than necessarily like an audition. And I'm speaking specifically like someone like Tom Hanks. The fact that that guy has been in probably more uh, bio, biographical films than, than any modern day actor, I would assume has to play a role, right? I mean, you're thinking... This dude played in uh, Captain Phillips. He played in the, the movie about the airplane that goes down in the Hudson River. I mean, it's not like these are stellar performances either, to be fair. I mean, Captain Phillips was good. But like his performances in his early days were like, wow. And then it's like, you can start to see some of his performances kind of phoning it in after a while. Yeah. And that's I where mean, i'm like wait a minute so did he get the role because of obviously because the, weight, <laughs> the weight of the weight well, of his name
1: <laughs> well, well i mean sometimes it's different and i've learned a lot from actually being working as a as a in a theater company is a lot of time your cast is your marketing as well and that's something to consider too uh as a producer right. you know like if you know, like, if if you're doing this really popular show, or let's say, scratch it, let's say you're doing this very unpopular show, no one knows what this show is, but they know that actor, they're going to come and see that actor, but if you're doing an, uh, a very unpopular show, you don't have an audience base yet, and you have actors that people don't really know, chances are they're not going to come to your show. Uh, so, so also your cast, it, it's... It's it's a tough balance, but your cast can be your marketing, just mm. as your creative team could be your marketing. Your director could be your marketing. Who you have on your design team could be your marketing. Um, it's all, yeah, it's 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 different because, especially in the Twin Cities, yeah, we're the Twin Cities, but it's actually a pretty pretty intimate industry here in the cities that a lot of folks know each other. A lot of you know a lot of theater companies share a very um, similar audience base. So, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we're not, you know, we're not New York City or L.A. or, any, you know, Chicago. We're not these big markets. Yeah, there's definitely not. I think the grand scale of the market here for, like, Broadway compared to New York City, obviously, pales a comparison. I mean, it's that's where Absolutely. I'm like, So, so I'm assuming based off of that, I would guess maybe getting a role in a New York Broadway might be. You know, more based on credits <laughs> as well as audition. Possibly,
1: possibly. Yeah, I mean, and I will, I will caution. Mode. I will caution a lot of my background and my my opinions are based off of me working in the Twin Cities yeah and not, not me working you
0: know uh, i don't know
1: if i you know, the other, other states but oh I, I mean i
0: think if you were working in a new york broadway you're not talking to me number one you're not going to be on this podcast you're going to be requesting funds <laughs> to even be on here you're going to be like oh, ah, I'm, come on,
1: funds. I'm, I'm sending you an invoice for my time today
0: uh, well then it's going to be sitting on my desk for quite <laughs> some time because i hate to tell you brother we don't pay in cash we, uh, <laughs> we pay an <in> ass <laughs> Uh, well, even worse and, we're a weird and in- we're weird individuals what can i tell you
1: well you know i i say all this <laughs> to say that if you're a newer actor you're a newer creator in the twin cities there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of support to grow and a lot of support to make a name out of yourself because um you know and if you're if you're really fun to work with and i don't care about whether or not you're you know a, this incredible actor i and uh, for me, I've, I've noticed that I want to make art and I want to make theater with people that want to have a good time and that people that want to stay focused and can balance those two things. Um, it's really difficult right now because this industry is so difficult. It's really challenging to work with folks who who, who are very hard on the process, very hard on others. Uh, and are very unforgiving, I suppose. So it, it's really important, you know, in this industry to do it because you love it and to do it because it's fun. I mean, that's why we all do what we do, yeah. Like that's why you do this podcast. It's fun, I think. Um, and, no, it sucks. Every
0: minute of it just sucks.
1: It, it and really it's, does. <laughs> it's 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 uh, especially you know post like I said post pandemic a lot of the port to my industry friends is reminding us why we fell in love with this in the first place and i think i've talked to you about this but i've been working non-stop in theater for the yeah. last five years or so and i do love it and so i have to really remind myself how much i love it especially when it's long nights and long days and long weeks and long months and, and you know just like any industry, you could really burn out but it's really important when you, if you burn out, don't don't burn others. Don't burn
0: them out too. Is it better to burn out than to fade away? Well, I'm not sure. I understand the question. <laughs> it's a oh, who who put that lyric in there? Was that Def Leppard? That reference.
1: That's a reference. Okay. Um, is it better
0: to burn out or to fade away? I think it's it's better to burn out than to fade away. I think that's what their point is. Like, you know, not to get lost in the shuffle rather just, just, just go out on a fiery end, just, you know, go out in a blaze of glory rather than, uh, you know, just disappear. <laughs> like, obviously it happens to some people in acting and in, not just acting, but in entertainment in general, it happens. I think people just kind of, they fade into the black and you forget that they exist. They do like like, kind of like Brendan. I would say Brendan Fraser might be like the part of that he's resurrected his career, but he was one that like disappeared.
1: Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, entertainment is very unforgiving, as you, you know. As you know, like it, it,
0: you, well, you could you, really you if can something put your heart fails. That's all people
1: exactly. know. <laughs> exactly. You know, you, you it's difficult because you could put your heart and soul into something and. Producer may not like it. Uh, designers may not like it. Uh, critics may not like it. You know, all those things, and
0: uh, for, for for some
1: folks, it's really uh, hard. It's well, really this,
0: difficult. This is obviously something that you and I were discussing uh, previously. Was about like critics, and, and I'll say this because I don't really give a shit. Critics are just people that failed to succeed at their own dreams, so their goal now is to critique others because. You know, they were critiqued so hard early on that it just completely erased every ounce of memory they had. I mean, there's no college degree for critics. I'm sorry, there's not. You might get something in like, what would that be, like journalism? But uh, no, journalism takes work. This isn't journalism. This is you just being an asshole. (laughs) Unless you're a good critic. If you're good, then you're nice. I mean, you know.
1: It's, I mean, I'm not super familiar with the industry, so I can't quite speak to it. But I'm just saying,
0: but I'm saying in general, because you've obviously have had critics critique, maybe whether or not just you're a director, but also critiqued maybe your uh, roles in in terms of acting or in terms of uh, producing, in terms of maybe being an assistant director. Any take that you have of being on that crew, you know, there's going to be a critique behind what happens at the end, you know, with the show or whatever. So you've seen it firsthand. You've you've seen your name in a critic's entire write-up. Oh,
1: <laughs> uh, I've seen it. I've seen it. And I uh, you know it's it's always it's really easy to say, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. I'll shake it off. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what I will say earlier on in my career, I I it really did whether or not a critic loved it or 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 hated it. It, it really got to my head when I was really early. I mean, it still kind of does, right? Like it's hard for anyone to say it doesn't, but when I was earlier in my career, if a critic loves something, oh my gosh, I thought it was a hot shot. I thought it was yeah. the best director in the world. If I criticated critiqued something, I thought it was the worst director in the world. You know what I mean? Um, and but now it's, 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 it's uh, now it's, it's important for me to keep reminding myself that reviewers, um, you know they they love what they do, um, but it is
0: at the end of the day subjective. No, you know they don't what I mean. Love Mike. What they do. They're miserable. Uh, Clearly something's had... going wrong. Uh, well, I don't know about that. I'm but... not attaching this to your name. It could go on to me, man. People can say whatever they want about me. I don't give a damn. Hey, look, I look. I'll admit I suck at a lot of things. I have admitted it. Um But. It doesn't reflect on me. I mean, I've had people tell me, hey, uh, you know, your podcast is great, but, um, you know, it's a little long for my ears. Well, it's, it's I mean, it's important. Listen to something important. else.
1: <laughs> I think it's important to to understand that
0: sometimes reviews are helpful for me too. And it gives me feedback. i doubting I'm not doubting, that. I'm not doubting that, that you could take something away from it. My big thing is, like, when you have somebody, and I'm not going to say any name your recent show okay and i'm gonna bring it up there was a comment that said one of the few parts that makes it watchable like to you know i got i can't quote it correctly but it was something like one of the best you know the reasons why you maybe shouldn't avoid this is because of this performance right to me it's like you're putting already a notion that this is an avoidable show that like, like people should not go to see it but because of this it's like well okay here's at least a a positive out of the whole mix and it's like really so you're telling me you didn't get anything like positive out of it you just went to it like you didn't go you, I mean, who goes to a show and just walks out of it like oh god i just i'm just sick i'm disgusted with this like come on vince let's let's settle down here all right i mean <laughs> you got a lot of allegations coming your way <laughs> but it's just i don't know I, that just boggles my mind man I, like I, I guess you know, we go to restaurants. We can say, "Oh, you know, that was a bad experience." So we can write it up on a Google review, but we're not getting paid for that. <laughs> we're not getting paid for our opinion. That's what bugs me. Somebody's getting paid for their opinion, and their opinion right. stinks. Well,
1: you know, I uh, uh, I, I know, know you the, can't say know. much. I, <laughs> I get I, it. I, I don't know how the whole pay structure stuff works, but I, what I will say is that um
0: rego is trying to tread the line as much as possible because he does not want to piss anybody off in case they happen to tune in he's like come on man just
1: no i mean i'm being honest (laughs) like it's uh it's important to understand that it's one um, person's opinion it is one person's opinion but also like it's 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 also not it's it's really important for me to understand the the full 360 and the full picture of our audience, you know? Yeah. Because uh, reviewers, although harder, usually on, on, uh, on, on the product, do represent our audiences and, and do represent, you know, you, you'll have one reviewer that hated the show and that represents that part of the audience and you'll have one reviewer that loves the show and that represents that part of the audience. And it's not 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 that I could go and change anything, but it's it's really fascinating me to understand why something didn't work in those eyes. It allows okay. me to 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 say, hmm, well that's cool. Maybe maybe next time I'll try this. Or maybe I'm just not interested and that's fine too. Um you know. See, I just I like to be harsh. Yeah, <laughs> I know you do.
0: <laughs> That's the, the whole purpose here. <laughs> you, I like you have a really positive spin on it, and I guess good for you to because obviously you've learned through the years. It's like, wow, I have let myself kind of maybe take these things a little bit too, you know, too much. And now you're like, well, look, I'll, I'll look at it with a, a, a bit like a not a bitter mindset, but rather like, yeah, you know what? If something they critiqued needs to be fixed, maybe it's something that I can change, but obviously. You know, and again, I'm not saying anything like I watched your recent play, which I'll talk about here in a second, but I think in terms of like your overall credits, like that's got to, you know, because I mean, if people looked up your name and it popped up on Google, like a review for you, and now there's a negative review out there, even though there could be like 10 positives, there might be that one negative. Somebody sees that it's, it could throw you your entire career into a spin. Am I right or am I wrong? I mean, it's certainly not land, but
1: also, like, it's, it's, uh, it's like, we were talking about, if you look at some of the greatest directors or greatest artists, they're going to have people that don't love their work, you know, like Oppenheimer, multi, you know, award-winning film. I thought it was incredible. I, I would, I would argue that most people thought it was incredible, but there were some folks that hated it. You know what I mean? Like... And that's that's fine too. Yeah. I don't I, I think some of the greatest don't expect everyone to love what they do. Um, and you know that's that's part of it. I mean look look at
0: Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Come on, man, that don't count. That dude literally did not put together a good film. I mean and Good for him that it became a cult classic, but dude, come on, man, that's a bad example. <laughs>
1: well, uh, what, what I mean to say is, I think it was Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he was talking about it when he won his oh, was it the Golden Globe or the Critics' Choice Award one of the one of the two. He he recently won for Oppenheimer, and uh, he was talking about reviewers uh, something something, but but yeah. I think was the heart one of the one of the grounding heart messages about his speech was that uh you just gotta do what you love man and and not everyone's gonna love what you love and and it kind of goes back to this long worded question of why do we do art like why am i theater director why and it's not to yeah i mean what's really important to me of course is is it a really good product is the staging done well is it visually beautiful is the casting on point sure absolutely but also, sometimes I just want to tell a story. and maybe a story's kind of ridiculous, and maybe the story's kind of dumb, but I just want to tell that story. You know what I mean? and And sometimes I have to remember myself is to not attach that to my creative ability. So if I want to tell a story and it's I don't know, like an artistically dumb story or whatever, uh, that doesn't that shouldn't define my creative ability. You know, I'm sure, I could go direct. Hmm. I could go direct. What well, I don't know. I could go direct a production of Shakespeare and follow every theatrical guideline book of making an incredible artistic production and go that route. But that sounds and boring to me. But it's
0: not yours. Yeah,
1: that sounds boring. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I, you... I, I'd rather, at least right now, my career. I don't want to do that. There's other stories I want to tell that maybe are less artistically interesting, but um, Which... mean a lot to me. I guess.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because that seems to be one of the takeaways when it comes to your recent production here, um, which is, uh, toil and trouble, uh, for those that don't know it, which like me, I didn't know what the hell I was getting into, um, when I went to the show, uh, I just assumed, you know, he just said, Hey man, just come to my show. Oh, what's it about? Yeah. You'll figure it out. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> he, he held he held a lot back i i'll just say that you held a lot of information back and maybe it was for my own benefit but you just are like uh you'll figure it out <laughs> it
1: basically feels like it's too hard to explain just come see it. Yeah, you just
0: kind of were like yeah you know it's a couple of friends during the recession uh and then some wacky things happen uh just just come see it if you can all right cool um and of course you know he uh he made me go and and put in a little bit of uh, some hard labor to take down a a set. And he's like, hey, I'll give you a free ticket, which is like, all right, well, okay, now I have to go. I don't have much of an option now. (laughs) You sound like a jerk. Exactly. Um, But uh, I I really, I went into it and I thought it was good. And then, you know, you were explaining that uh, it just, it's maybe one of those scripts and those storylines that just doesn't hit well with a lot of people. It's maybe something that, a lot of people kind of like, yeah, you know, is it really all that great? I thought it was unique and interesting. I think, obviously, it's a far-fetched story, but what aspect of entertainment isn't far-fetched? I, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think that's the point. <laughs> I mean, Shakespeare's plays are always far-fetched. That's the the whole point. Yeah, there's there's, yeah. Uh, there's morals to them, like everything, but yeah.
1: I will say, you know, "Tyrant Trouble" is it's uh, it's written by. Playwright Lauren Gunderson, who she's an incredible playwright. If you're not familiar with much of her, of her work, I recommend checking her out. Yeah, Show in Trouble" was written by her. I believe it was published in 2013, so pretty pretty early on in her career. Uh, it's definitely an experimental piece that talks about the recession and the look of of Shakespeare's Macbeth. Mm-hmm. And a and through the eyes of uh, a modern day millennial, and it's absurd and it's crazy, and sure, I mean, there there's some writing elements that don't quite add up. And I think myself, my design team and my cast, uh, we caught that pretty early on in the process, and there, there's some there's some ironing out that needed to be done to to the storytelling um to to land with our audiences and to land with us as creative folks working on the play and i was very fortunate to work with such a creative design team and incredible cast to bring this bring this show together but it was you know it was one of those stories where i does the show itself make a hundred percent self not really I mean, it it doesn't fully make sense. It's absurd. It 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 lives in this world of fantasy, but man, was it so fun to work on, and man, was it so fun to to craft this this absurd piece with a really funny cast and a and really that's, that's talented kind of what I got out
0: of it. I, I got out yeah. of it. I was like, you know, this seems like one of those works that's like while the you're in the middle of like rehearsing you're just laughing because it's like i can't help myself (laughs) just moments of like hilarity
1: (laughs) yeah i mean and that's that's it it was it was a very in a in a a very stressful time in in the the industry this was a really fun piece to work on that that brought out laughter that brought out joy from folks and uh, at the end of the day, it was it was a very beautiful production. The cast did an incredible job. My designers knocked it out of the park, a hundred percent. You know, my producer she was so supportive uh, along the way, every step. Um, yeah, and, and I I would do it again. I would absolutely do it again. And it's a uh, if you get a chance to see it, I recommend it. I mean, yeah, I'd love to know, Rob. Like it was it was very visually stunning like i said my designers they crushed it it was mm-hmm. it was hilarious my actors i think they played the roles on part you know on on par they really um, leaned into and became the characters so yeah i, I think everything was done seamlessly like we, we we told the script word for word as best as we can and as creative as we could
0: And that's what I got out of it. It was just like, you can tell there was some joy in it. Obviously, I I don't think you can avoid struggles. I mean, that's just going to happen regardless of what you do. Um, But it seemed like all the struggles kind of just went away. Like things just finally came to go. Obviously, it was an opening day. I mean, who knows what the rest of the month is going to hold for you. Um, I don't want to curse you or anything. But, you know, (laughs) let's fingers crossed that nothing bad happens to you. (laughs) You know, something you have to drop everything and go and fix but um it was good i i think it's i i just know i can't work in that industry um you know podcasting is podcasting and i'm not even you know we're not like that big in podcasting i mean we, we have a decent audience but um i can't imagine just the amount of time and effort that goes into this it's nuts and uh and i could see that it paid off because you could just see like it almost felt like a sense of relief in that room like that's what it felt like to me like everybody's like wow it's finally over now we can just you know like obviously the actors still have to act but now that they got that one out of the way it's like all right cool and they notice the audience laughing i'm not going to spoil anything i mean if you live in minnesota if you live within like a decent region. It's a Yellow Tree Theater in Osseo. It's a not a very large venue, but that's what makes it great, actually, um, because it's intimate. I mean, the actors actually kind of you know they're looking at you in the middle of the play, which is something I was actually doing. I was trying to purposely stare <laughs> at one of them just to like I wanted to throw somebody off. No, I'm just gonna on, stare man. specifically, and it was uh, it was that uh, Alex, <laughs> the great actor, by the way. Incredible wow. actor, right? And like, I was staring gosh. right at him. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> I just wanted to catch uh, him off guard. And he did not. I think he, he caught eyes with me once, and he just kept going. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm not getting this guy. Yeah. He'll, really. <laughs> he'll,
1: he'll, you'll never break him. He's such a talented and skilled
0: skillful actor i broke him after i mean i got him to laugh at something i said i'll post show yeah post show yeah so that was cool you know
1: (laughs) but i mean you could speak to how great he was and how how nuanced of an actor he is and
0: and that's the thing like with this community right i mean because they're all people that are not like okay they're not lin-manuel miranda not saying that they have to be but it's the fact that he's probably one of the most well-known uh broadway stars out there Absolutely. I mean, everybody would love to one day be at his level and be at that guy's like, because he gets to pick whatever the hell it is he wants to do. I mean, (laughs) at this point, Um, but you can see it's like, it's fun because it's like watching the development of people's careers, whether they're, you know, a year in or they're 30 years in doesn't matter. You're watching it develop. I mean, maybe they're just doing it for fun. You know, they might not actually have a goal of one day being massively huge, but they're just like, Hey, look, I like doing this. I, I want to do this. Like personally, hey, I'll act in a role if you, have a, you, know, if you ever do The Godfather, I'll play uh, Luca Brasi. <laughs> well, not, not doing that. Oh, man. I hope you'll photoshop. <laughs> will be a masculine <sighs> child. <laughs> this, I just want to play that part, man. He's such a great. Ne- guy. Now, see, for you, I'm definitely
1: looking at your resume.
0: Well, okay, fair enough. Um, I I will just take my resume and I will uh, shove it up your ass. <laughs> I don't <laughs> have <you> a resume. <laughs> I don't have an acting resume. There you go. I, uh, I I record a podcast every Sunday. Oh yeah, what's it called? Um, I I'd rather not say. <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> um, but anyway, I thought that was uh, it. Was a great play. uh Really good. um A lot of fun. um And obviously, I know this is not the end of you. You 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 know you're still going to keep uh oh, this is the end I, it should be i mean you you went down kicking and screaming i'll tell you that yeah <laughs> i can see like after the show he's just like man i am sick i am tired i'm i'm, I'm having fun but i'm sick and i'm tired <laughs> i'm just he was he was broken cuz by the way i, I guess that. people should know you're in the middle of a move <laughs> as well so he's he's doing like a lot of things at once and it's just it's I'm just glad I'm not you. I guess I'm glad I don't well, have to be in your shoes for this time. Because my God, I, it's,
1: you know it's, it's a busy. It's going to be a busy, busy year through through the summer, and you know I'll do what I always do. I'll take the summer off.
0: You know. Spend well, you're really rest. not though taking the summer off because you're doing like a festival. <laughs> yeah, but that's only two weeks, you know. Yeah, but still, it's still work though. I mean, at the end of the day, you're still crafting something up and, and instead you have to do it in a very short period of time so you even have less time to you know build and, and have some leeway <laughs>
1: not that well, you've I'll had call. leeway but <laughs> I'll, I'll call you in to build then build for uh
0: you know i'd rather not i i need to build a, a stronger relationship with my couch and uh <laughs> yeah, i think do. that's where i need to go i'm telling you don't don't test me man i'll, I'll get, I ain't helping move. <laughs> no, you're not. You're staying See, right where you this are. This is the thing. Everybody's gonna be listening to this, like outside of this like group, and they're gonna be like, what is he talking about? He's not gonna help. The... <laughs> it's, it's all inside. I have to I have to end on an inside note. It's an inside joke for sure. But that will do it, obviously, for this episode. Uh, the big thing I wanted to introduce everybody to Brandon uh, Regu. I call him Regu. I'm never gonna call him Brandon on here. I can't. It it's heavily impossible for me to do. Uh, call me people, B. No, I'm not calling you that either. <laughs> I'll call you a B word if you want me to, but yeah, you ain't okay. gonna like it. Uh, but no, I'll, but he is uh, obviously going to be joining us occasionally. Maybe not every episode, but um, I think he's for sure going to be on here um, as often as he can be. I can't guarantee, but uh, he's going to be a great, a great addition um, to kind of help alleviate a little bit of the pressure that I have with uh, my co-host who. Um, I think me and him are eventually gonna kill each other one day. It's gonna come Good down night. to that, man. If if it comes down to a duel, I I gotta know that I have some support <laughs> because I don't think I'll win. I, I have a really bad feeling I might lose that one. Cause I think he actually he might actually own a gun and I don't. So <laughs> I'd be screwed. Um by the way, duels are acceptable down in Peru. Um but anyway, I'm going way off on a tangent. Yeah. I do want to you thank gotta, you. you gotta, obviously, you this out. <laughs> I do want to thank you for joining, obviously, and uh, making sense of this uh, weird episode because I know it's just me and you, and and we were supposed to have somebody else. So thank you for bearing with me on this one.
1: Well, uh, it was uh, it was not a great time, but I appreciate it. <laughs> oh,
0: of course, it's never a great time. I I hate every minute of this too. So hopefully, you join me to hate just as much. I, I, I we're going to need it. Um. Again, most of the stuff I say is satire, people. If you take it serious, then please stop listening. Um, anyway, as for the listeners, we want to thank you again. This is obviously our third episode. We've got a lot more coming. We've got some fun things coming up. We're doing uh, a little teaser here for host trivia. We're going to have some questions to get to know the hosts. So, uh, Regu, obviously, you'll be a part of that. We're going to get to know you a little bit more, get to know some, maybe what you like, what you dislike, and in terms of like hobbies, foods, blah, blah, blah. And that'll be coming up shortly once we can get old, uh, Andrew to get some preparation H on that. And, uh, as for that, I guess, uh, thanks for listening as always. And we will catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye.